All good Shocktobers must come to an end with our discussion of The Devil Inside. everyone and welcome to the flop house oh man that's a spooky voice i'm dan mccall mckill (laughs) i'm Stuart wellington i'm elliot kalen let's not play this game dan (laughs) you don't want to have spooky halloween style names we already have spooky names maybe if you had told us that we were going to be doing it so i could fucking practice just think of a name come on Bort skellington it's it's too late it's too late we already (laughs) fucked it up forget it dan it's over it's It's, you've got easy ones yeah for you maybe dan mccoy there's basically nothing you can do with that we don't don't sit Damned macabre. Macabre, right yeah, there. Yeah, we don't there sit around Damned fucking practicing our Crypt Keeper in the mirror all night and, <laughs> and accidentally summoning Candyman or something stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, How many times did you do that, Dan? <laughs> oh, man. What kind of idiot accidentally summons Candyman? <laughs> he's he's well, angry at me now. I yeah, because like, you're wasting his so time. Usual, like, and he kills people. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he just keeps cutting you a slack every time he shows up, and you're like, nope, it was a mistake. I was just doing a gripkeeper thing. <laughs> oh, Dan. Like, four times. Come well, on, like man. What I like most about this is the idea that the cryptkeeper summons the man. <laughs> yeah, for parties <laughs> and stuff. The thing that the cryptkeeper does. Um,. So, hey, it's in the crossover fan fiction I wrote, my Crypt Keeper Candyman fan fiction. Welcome uh, back to the Flappos, or welcome here for the first time, if you've never been here before. Or don't welcome if you're not here. If you are about to turn it off. <laughs> if you're not here, fuck you. You don't know what you're missing. A bold statement. But okay. uh, this is uh, the podcast where we watch a bad movie and we talk about it, and it's Shocktober, the most wonderful time of the year. Ow! Boogans. Scariest thing in the world. Stuart saying boogans. (laughs) It's very frightening. Very Um. frightening. So tonight we watched a scary movie. Some might call it a horror movie. Some might call it a horrible movie. We watched (laughs) The Devil Inside. And let me tell you, the scariest thing about The Devil Inside was the difficulty we went through to try and get this movie up and running. That's true. There were a number of technical difficulties that Dan soldiered through, and he, like like a brave boy... He got it all fixed out and called the cable company. The on-demand cable was not working, so we could not get it that way. The uh, the, the definition of first-world problems. The streaming, uh, the streaming of movies through my my uh, my media center that was not work. working. It's either. almost like God was reaching out to tell us, "Don't waste your time with the yeah. devil inside." He was saying that the Vatican does not endorse this movie, so you shouldn't watch it. Once, uh, like I, I started downloading the Devil Inside from Amazon to watch on the computer. So we could all huddle around the computer and watch it. Yeah, uh, like a bunch of college also, students. And then once we got the uh, <laughs> the cable back up and running, we wanted to watch it on the regular television, which both of which uh, meant that we downloaded The Devil Inside at full price twice. So we've paid twice for The Devil Inside. <laughs> 
which is three times more than you should. So, yeah, hopefully the people listening at home will not even download yeah. it once. It's one of the few reason, movies that where the producers should pay America reparations. For some reason, you cannot rent The Devil Inside, even though it's been out on DVD since May. So we spent $30 <laughs> to acquire this movie to acquire for you, our loyal, loyal listeners. 83 minutes worth of movie. So that's... Let, that's, Do some you know, fast math. Come on. Well, look, that's let's just say that's that like if a, it was a ninety-minute movie, that would be three minutes per dollar. Or wait, hold on. No, that's, no you, did that, that's you did terrible. that totally wrong. <laughs> so anyway, we so got less Devil than three Inside. minutes per dollar. Okay. So Devil Inside is one of those uh, one of those found footage movies. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's made where up out of. Find, a, where did you find the footage? I found it on your fucking <laughs> television, PlayStation Three, or whatever. <laughs> oh. That no, but sense. it's it's in the it's in the uh, the tradition of your Blair Witch projects sure. and your uh, what mm. session somethings activities your, paranormal your, your session sevens <laughs> your, your uh, sessions seven your um your uh, last exorcisms your Apollo's eighteen <laughs> uh yeah Come your on, uh, Cooper's Christmas that's a Jason <laughs> Jones movie uh your uh, uh your trolls hunter your trolls <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh yeah, it's uh, you're dis no no it's not never mind wait were you, you gonna say wait. Disturbia no I was gonna say District Nine but it's not really a found footage movie no it's, it's just, just a, a shaky cam sort movie of a faux documentary but anywho uh yeah so it's set up as if it really happened but mm-hmm. it's easy to tell it didn't really happen because it's super <laughs> shitty <laughs> everything looks incredible fake. <laughs> It was shot in the new horror technique, Incredifake, which makes real things look like fake movie things. It sends, it sends a tingle up your spine that tells you this is a terrible movie. This is a movie shot on location <laughs> in Rome, and for some reason that makes it look cheaper. Yep. It, uh, it, it creates that queasy feeling in the bottom of your stomach when you realize you probably rented the wrong movie. Mm-hmm. You spent yeah. $30 on, on a movie that Dan has been talking about for weeks. <laughs> well, this movie has an... I mean, we'll get to it. We eventually. should tell the true story of the of the release. This movie has a uh, infamously this is well. We can say it. this is this movie is infamous. The release itself is infamous. It was not reviewed for critics, and it was the number one movie at the box office the weekend it came out. And I remember seeing the trailers they didn't show to, to it critics that made it look... they didn't want to scare the shit out of them. Right? <laughs> they thought yeah. it was too scary for the critics. Well, they sold it paranormal activity style of like you know like. Showing shots of the audience being freaked out. Yeah. And I, I remember the trailer having moments in it that was like, okay, well, this could be scary. Like, uh, but they, it is. The, 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 the advertising was, was, was well done. The advertising was very well done and it was not reviewed. So yeah. nobody, people thought it was going to be like paranormal activity and they were going to be spookily scarified in mm-hmm. Flophouse terms. But uh, they instead. They were going to be warmly boned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They <laughs> were. They were dungeonly depressed. <laughs> And disappointed at a terrible movie. Uh, so it went from uh, number one in the box office. Then the between week one and week two, it dropped roughly 75% in terms of its money it made. And then it kind of disappeared. And what was the other movie that uh, It was the biggest much? drop it, between first and second weeks since the Jonas Brothers 3D concert <laughs> movie. Which is more of an event than a, than a movie. Sure. The, something that you would expect uh, to drop. From. Yes. Uh, that's another movie where they made it seem like it really happened, but it didn't really happen. <laughs> yeah, that was all found, faked found footage, they and they didn't like review it for critics. Found in, like, the Jonas Brothers, there are no Jonas Brothers. That's all Andy Serkis. Yeah, and they made it look like it was, they made it look like it was going to be really scary. Mm-hmm. But this, it, the movie is, especially for its ending, reviled. And maybe we should go through the plot for anyone who hasn't seen it. Oh, sure. it'll take, 
nary a minute. So we open with some found footage of a police crime scene walkthrough and an old uh, local news story. Turns out a woman murdered three people, two priests and a nun, during what turns out to have been an illicit exorcism. Mm -hmm. She was put into a mental home and then for some reason sent to a hospital in Italy, in Rome. Now it's the year 2009. Mm -hmm. Her daughter has decided to— iPhones are all the rage iPhones yeah. are all the rage. Everybody is talking about this new President Obama, and uh, <laughs> the real estate market has not yet returned to its full power. Uh, unemployment is at roughly 8%, 8.5%. And Has Marty McFly come here from the past yet? Or no, he... it will be six years later when oh, that okay. happens, I believe. If I remember correctly, I think that's in the year 2015. Read your history books. Okay. <laughs> Read your future history books. <laughs> Read your history so books about the still, making of Back to the Future. We're still stuck in the Biff verse, though. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Until Marty that's gets why that I'm, sports I'm almanac is back. So bad. Is the, is Biff's Biff's <laughs> economic <laughs> plan was his sports gambling based economic plan was couldn't sustain a national economy. We're in a bit a Biff stopia right now. <laughs> I mean, really, we're all to blame for Biff's election. We we worked a little bit harder. <laughs> we could have won a while. <laughs> But it's just that we all underestimated him. And his vice president, also Biff. <laughs> Vote for me, butthead. His campaign slogan, hello, hello, America, anyone home? <laughs> America, he, make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> he promised he'd put a second coat of wax on America. <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't fulfill that promise. No. Oh. So, Biff make verse. like a drum and leave. <laughs> So it's the Biff first. So anyway, it's 2009, and this woman's now grown daughter, a cute brunette, mm-hmm. and I only describe her that way because it's the only personality trait she has. It's true. Decides that alongside a documentarian filmmaker, she's going to go to Rome and find out what happened, why this exorcism. They go, and literally they're in Rome for about a minute before they walk into a secret exorcism classroom. Well, win in Rome, guys. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, what you that's what that phrase means. That's what it means. And uh, they meet up with two rogue priests, a an Englishman and an American, who have been doing some secret underground exorcisms on the side. They go to the basement of an Italian family where there's a girl who's been possessed, and they perform an exorcism where she bleeds profusely from the crotch and shouts at them and contorts her body and crawls up a wall. But they eject the demon from her yeah but because ever since the exorcist uh everyone all, all women who are possessed there's some sort of crotch involvement in that to be fair i think the demons are probably interested in crotches yeah, yeah. i mean they're demons dude yeah now so i'm a little more the, sex positive than you uh, guys now the girl has also visited her mother in the mental home her mother doesn't remember her and talks in weird things and has carved upside down crosses on her arm and yeah, on her seems inner to lip be magic yeah I totally mean, death metal there's something and she screams in a magic yeah. kind of banshee from the x-men siren from you know X-Force, a, a sure. number of yeah. teams way uh so they hook up with these two rogue priests. They go to the exorcism, and which at this point you're like, okay, I'm into this. This is you got. It's like a little buddy exorcist <laughs> comedy. You're like, this is kind of a slow movie. There's not a lot going on until the scare scenes, and even those are not great. But whatever, okay. They go to the hospital, 
and they perform. They Their try success to, on the first exorcism makes them think, hey, let's do this exorcism on this lady. They That'd get be cocky. Awesome. They're going to mm-hmm. examine the mom. Turns out she's super possessed yeah. and is screaming and pushing people around, but they manage to sedate her, and they get kicked out of the mental hospital. But, uh-oh, looks like the demon has followed them. Mm-hmm. One of the priests almost drowns a baby while he's baptizing it, and the best thing about the movie is that <laughs> yeah. the baby's name is John Thomas. <laughs> so a couple times <laughs> he says... after a penis. He says, John Thomas, I baptized the and it's hilarious it's like he's baptizing his own wiener uh, honestly i don't know how they could have given the baby that name unless they were so bored making this well, movie it's a traditional italian name right no it is not uh and he performs that baptism in english which is also pretty common in yeah italy. very common uh then he comes back home he's in trouble the police name was a wiener schlongsworth <laughs> he must have escaped or something because the police seem to have he seems to have had no problem escaping the scene of almost murdering a baby <laughs> where there were many other people around him he goes home and goes upstairs and is unhappy and slashes his wrist then he has demon eyes his pupils are all rolled back mm-hmm. some two lazy looking italian police come in and <laughs> he takes their gun and shoots himself in the head with it then a the demon seems to jump to the to the girl like and, fallen. and in she the meantime get, there's been like the, like our 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 gang of uh exorcists has, and documentarians yeah has gotten uh you the, know there's been a lot of discord there's been a lot of strife between them they're mm-hmm. divided they're doing a bunch of real world style confessionals to the camera I where they complain about each other I think they're bunch, kind of bl- like three minutes worth yeah like, it's not really it. that much it's a, more of a Blair Witch Project type confessionals where they complain about each other but they're making complaints that we have not seen yeah. like they're complaining about things that we know nothing about and they seem to come out of nowhere then so they the girl gets all crazyfied they take her to the hospital mm-hmm. where she flips out she's possessed she's contorting all around ah she kills somebody let's get her into the car and drive her somewhere so we can exercise her they're in the car she starts flipping out and uh the spirit seems to jump to the guy who's driving he takes off his seatbelt, and then he crashes the car and the car rolls over a bunch of times and then the screen goes black and it says, for more about for more about the ongoing investigation into this exorcism, go to this website. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. And this ending, a friend, someone I know who I work with is a friend of mine, saw the movie in the theaters and was gleefully telling me that one how bad it was, and two how the movie just abruptly ended and told you to go to a website, and the audience booed it lustily. <laughs> like the only proper response to the to a movie punking out on you and then telling you, oh, if you want to know what happens next, go to a website is to boo it. Like, you just have to. It's I mean, like a to, horror movie GoDaddy commercial. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to be fair to the movie, what happens next is those characters get buried because they're all dead. <laughs> they're dead, yeah. So it's a short, stupid movie, and there are a couple okay, uh, like, scare effects. Like, when the guy shoots himself in the head, it's a very good blood effect. They have a real mm-hmm. contortionist who does, yeah, contortionist who does contorting. She does great work. And... Uh, like there's something kind of John Thomas joke that was hilarious. <laughs> that was solid. The first time when the girl goes to visit her mother, it is a kind of a creepy scene. There's a real tension in the air because you don't know yet how shitty the movie's going to be, and that it's not going to pay off this tension. Yeah. And the shot of her showing, you know, the inside of her lip where there's a cross carved is is kind of a a gross, creepy moment. But otherwise. Not a lot going on in this movie. Is, like, there's so little in this movie. It's kind of amazing that it's a movie that exists and got and not made. a pamphlet. Yeah, I mean, entitled... I mean, if it was a pamphlet, we probably wouldn't be reviewing it. No, that would point. be for our pamphlet cast, <laughs> yeah. the flop cast. You know, it's actually called also called the flop house. <laughs> it was put out by the Paranormal Activity 
like production company, right? Like the same. I mean, producers. Same sort of shit. I don't know if they made it though. No, I mean I know, but like I think that they thought they could capitalize on it. So maybe that's how they thought that they could put out a movie with so little plot and still be okay. Here's here's how you know this movie has nothing. The cover of the DVD, which was also one of the posters, is a nun with no pupils, Mm -hmm. and it looks like she's been possessed. That image of that nun with no pupils occurs for about. 10 twelfths of a second as the main character is walking along a bridge and there's a group of nuns and one turns to look at her and she's got no pupils. I mean, That's, I think they're like cataracts or something. Yeah, I think she's just blind. But yeah. it's, I, it, that never comes back, but it's the main image on the cover. I mean, you assume that she also has a devil inside, right? Well, according to, uh, I mean, in the, excess, yeah, we, the, I think we all have a devil inside. Oh, okay. Every single one of us okay. has a devil inside. Mine is a Tasmanian devil. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's what, like the trappy's red devil, the hot sauce. <laughs> I thought it was the Red Devil Paints Devil. Yeah. So uh, Stuart? No, I, I, I got one of those contortionist devils. Oh, oh. that's too bad. So that's I'm going to go practice. <laughs> yeah, you have a uh, Jim Rose Circus of, of Freaks yeah, performance sure. later? Oh, man. So I, that's the whole movie. The whole <laughs> that's, film. And it is a very poorly made movie. Um, I mean... I mean, it's a documentary. They did it in Italy. They did make it in Italy. But for some reason, it means the first thing you think is... Huh, I guess most of the budget went to their tickets to get to Italy because yeah. it's not Why why did they take her to Italy? Is because, that part of, one, of, part the, of the mystery? Is the, oh. I think they're trying to make it more exotic and more satany by putting it near the Vatican. You'd wonder why the devil is hanging out why so many demons are hanging out near the Vatican. Well that reminds like there's a thing in the beginning. Go somewhere else. Like Go to Japan. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have no idea what to do. Come on, they just think you're you know, regular Japanese demon. <laughs> there was a disclaimer at the beginning of this movie. That, They're like, oh, an Baba, great, whatever. Yeah, that was like, uh, you know, like the Vatican had nothing to do with this movie, doesn't approve of it, or whatever. And uh, I kind of feel like if 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 I were in charge of Catholicism, which so, I guess that means I was the Pope. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I would. Yeah, not, I think guess that's who in, who's in charge. Yeah. I would not dis- discourage this sort of thing. Like if I'm willing if, to if bet everyone thought that like that mine was the most awesome religion because we had supernatural powers that could like you from demons and stuff. Like I would not discourage that. Thought I'm willing to bet the Vatican didn't make an official ruling on this movie. <laughs> I think they probably just said that. Yeah, you don't think that you don't think the Pope screened this? Just like ah, how not for me. <laughs> just like how far <laughs> it's not a my kind of thing. I know I'm a German, but I talk like this because I'm in Italy. <laughs> when you become a Pope, you automatically start talking like this. I'm hey, more like the John Apatow comedies. They say they're gross, but they got a heart. <laughs> M- Mamma Mia, pizza pies. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? That's what he's saying all the time, yeah. Exactly Cowabunga, party dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm good, I'm funny. Don't have a cow, man, that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's the Pope for you. Did I do that? Got any cheese? <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> That's your Pope right there. <laughs> oh, you know, when, I was in, when I was in Italy, uh, there, we, we did have a... Uh, did a you... tour guide who would say Mamma Mia a lot, but it was very clear. It was just like, okay, well, he's doing this to pander to us. <laughs> now, when you were in Italy, did you get possessed by a demon? Uh, I did. Because according but... to this movie, there's just devils running around. The thing Everywhere. is, they can't leave Italy, so once I just got on the plane, it just left my body. Oh, I see. That's oh, the thing. What did it feel like when you had the devil inside you? Mm, kind of warm. <laughs> okay. So a net positive then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I run kind of hot anyway, so I mean, it was 99 degrees in Italy. Oof, so. in the shade. Yikes. Yeah. So here's the thing about the movie. It's not a bad concept because it's the idea is that 
these two priests are performing unauthorized exorcisms. Black market exorcisms. Black market exorcisms, which is a great premise. They use a combination of medicine and like scientific equipment and the supernatural stuff, which yeah, is basically so Ghostbusters. A little, little, little bit of Constantine thrown in there. And a little bit of Constantine, a little bit of Ghostbusting. And that's, again, not a bad premise. But they do it so poorly. The characters are so thin and unlikable and shrill and just off-putting. And the story is not – there's no progression of the story or anything. There's no like clues or anything like that. No. It's, I tried to do a little research on this movie – Online while watching, uh, and they're, they're, and I'm reading. I have this book, n- the Necronomicon. <laughs> Let me read to you from it. Uh, Fatang Relaya. No, Dan, no, don't. You opened a portal. Oh, don't worry, I got the secret. I got the words to shut it down. Clatu Barada. No. <laughs> well, actually, those are <laughs> depends on what movie. Whether those are good <laughs> why or bad. Are you interrupting him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why are you interrupting him? Clatu Barada necktie. <laughs> yep, that's what he says in the movie. So, uh, you were doing some research. No, I just... I Some I, she-search. I couldn't find a lot of it online. Uh, it's because you were looking at Mr. Skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I turned to my first movie database source, Mr. Skin. Wasn't there, so I went to Celebrity Movie Archive. Wasn't there, so I went to Nude Skins. Wasn't there. Nitro Video. Wasn't there. <laughs> Uh, the thing about like I I assume eventually I ran out of porn sites that collect scene, nude scenes from movies. I assumed that uh, why the character development was so bad in this movie was that the actors were improvising all of it, but I could not find any confirmation of that online. I th- like I, an episode of Curb. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> but with unskilled improvisers. Well, uh, I mean, it could be it could have been done like that. That's the way uh, Blair Witch was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if Paranormal Activity was done the same way, but it was also so it didn't feel improvised to me. It felt poorly written. I just I like whenever it, they were started like saying something about another character that we had never seen before. To me, it just felt like an actor reaching for something like, "What can I complain about this person? Uh, I'm gonna make up this thing." It's possible that it was a mixture of the two. Like it's possible that they had to throw in some exposition shit so that it ties it together and has some kind of like some kind of a mythos that they're trying to use like yeah. referencing the classroom uh the exorcism class of course uh which is exactly like all the college classes I ever took. Well that's an interesting thing to talk about like early on in the movie we're led to believe I guess that the Catholic Church doesn't want to talk about exorcism, exorcism. and then she just walks into with like a this camera big with a camera yeah into a into like a the classroom. apostolic school yeah. and then into just a classroom where there's an exorcism class going on mm-hmm. and the first thing the the teacher is priest i'm guessing is talking about is uh well he did have a clerical collar so i think i guess correctly uh <laughs> he's like oh so there in this case there's multiple demons like i don't know that would be awesome if i was in that class i want to talk about multiple demons <laughs> yeah that would be an awesome class it's not real though uh here's my here's maybe my guess as to why there are a lot of scenes that seem to refer to behavior we haven't seen yet you don't usually set out to make a movie that's 83 minutes long I'm guessing they realized they had a super turd on their hands mm. and chopped a lot of material out of this movie so that it was mostly scares with a little bit of filler in between. That's my guess. Yeah. Maybe it's not true. I hope Maybe the producers of – a whole bunch of super scares out. Maybe it was uh, oh, too It was too scary. TV, yeah. It was like the film in the Cigarette Burns episode of Masters of Horror. It was yeah. so scary, you just couldn't it watch melts it. melts your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it makes you put your intestines into a machine <laughs> yeah, like yeah, Udo Kier does. Sure. Entrails through that uh, machine. Through the projector. I made my own movie. <laughs> and then, and it's, like, Udo, we're not even filming at this point. What are you doing here, buddy? 
And the film seemed to be of them capturing an angel and cutting his wings off, right? Which is not that scary. Yeah, I mean, it seemed pretty normal. Yeah. I've seen, I watch movies like that all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a, it's your fetish, though. What, angel uh, de-winging? Yeah. That's yeah. That's called, right? Yeah, wing, wing taken. Wing yeah. ectomy. Fallen very... angels, fallen angels two, angels, stripper by day, hooker by <laughs> no. night, something like that. Stripper by day, hooker by that night. Fetish yeah. is very hard on your wife. Angels it in the takes outfield. Takes a long time for her to put those wings, those fake wings on. Yep. And then you got you got to carve those things off. Here's yep, with okay the, with the blood squirting. This is a weird. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? I'm not sure. Here's the thing about the movie. Yeah, it can't seem to make up its mind whether exorcisms are officially recognized or not, or like how public they are, how real priests think they are. Like it would be – it would have been great if it set up some <coughs> doubt earlier in the movie. It's a horror movie. You know there's going to be an exorcism in it that's real. Otherwise, it would be an even bigger anticlimax. But even if the characters seem to buy into the idea of exorcisms almost immediately, which seems yeah. – unrealistic to me at least as a 21st century human being living in america yeah i I think i think a big problem with the movie is that at least for us intellectually we're not going to buy the scares not not right away intellectually scary for us it has to build that through mood and it doesn't have that mood so it's like i in my head i don't believe in exorcisms or the devil and i but you know if the movie had a good mood <laughs> There's something I'm not sure. I'm I'm willing to go either way. I'm on the fence. Yeah, but, but it just doesn't build that atmosphere. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't allow you to get out of your head and just kind of have a uh, gut reaction to it. Right? Exactly. Yeah, the scares don't give you that visceral level. And again, like there's some okay moments in the scares, but they're not like scary moments. It was mainly just. Uh, cool contortionist moments. Yeah, cool. If it was, yeah. this was a if this was a forty minute video of what a contortionist can do, it'd be a better movie. And I'll tell you what: if that contortionist was not bleeding from the crotch, even better. Oh, you know okay. what? I'd say I think I'd enjoy her contortionist act more if, unlike in this movie, there was not a river of blood throwing, flowing through mm-hmm. her pants. But see, that's the problem. When she signed the contract with the devil that gave her her contortionist abilities, yeah. that's, you know, that's the... Yeah, the that was a trade-off. Uh, well, then I would just flow. recommend a thicker pad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll talk about that on a completely different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Our tampon review podcast. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... <laughs> the I, applicator pass. We're, uh, we're ahead of schedule, but I feel like there's so little to say about this movie that I... I, I want to I, apologize to you, Dan, because yeah. you seem so excited to see this movie for Shocktober, and yet there's so little in it. I want to apologize to you on behalf of the producers of The Devil Inside, mm-hmm. which, who I don't even know. Okay. And I hope they're listening so they can send you a check well, for a million dollars, of which I want half. Look, I just if they, all, if they just <laughs> send a check for the $30... That was spent. In hey, don't under don't under negotiate. I think Elliot paid for half of that. Would you? Would you keep I the did. whole thing? Or? No, 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 <laughs> actually, was, this was the most exciting thing that happened all night after Dan's long trek and mission to get the tech up was yeah, literally uh, like an hour and a half. The most exciting thing was spent. when Dan said, "Well, I'm not going to pay again for this movie." So I said, "You know what, Dan? I'll pay for it." I gave him twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. He gave me three ones, but he owes me a dollar. And then so I said, "That's okay. You just owe me one more dollar." Stewart said. I'll buy your Dan's mark from you. And the piece of paper on which I had written, Dan owes me a dollar, Stuart paid me a dollar for. And that, yeah, and that now, paper is currently resting in I my hope pocket. I understand, Stuart. There, there, is no, uh, there is no interest on this. <laughs> the VIG you're is not, pretty high. The VIG is very no, high. No. no like, it's just that feeling of knowing that I can hold that over your head. 
I mean, I can get rid of it any time. I have an issue. Of, I have an ima- now. I imagine Dan. I have four quarters in in that. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! I want paper money. Okay. I imagine Dan going to buy an ice cream cone from a truck and <laughs> handing over the dollar bill and sort of going, ah, 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 and then handing in the paper and taking the dollar bill and Dan walking away sad. He can't afford an ice cream cone now. <laughs> Do I wait? Can I also get an ice cream? Oh, of course! It's your dollar now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm clearly wealthy. Well, <laughs> with that, or or you pay for the ice cream with the mark. Oh wow! So that guy. So now the ice cream man, Luigi, is owed the dollar. ice cream man. <laughs> Dan, you, you're going to want to buy that thing back. You're not going to want. You don't know yeah. what who this thing could fall into the hands of. With that horrific scenario ringing in the <laughs> listeners' ears, we should move on to our final judgments about the. The devil inside. I almost called it the last exorcism. I keep saying that. The other found footage exorcism movie. Which I assume was better. It had it's to better. Have been. It was a better movie. I saw that one. But, yeah, okay. uh, so exorcisms, is that a thing among you Christians? Like, is that a thing you guys believe no, in? No, that's just, like, it's not. Like, Protestants, that is not a thing. That's why I was saying. So what do Protestants was, do when you get a demon inside you? We don't. We don't do it. I mean, Dance we, it out. <laughs> I think we tend to... Uh, Honey, I don't want to go out again tonight, but there's a demon inside me. <laughs> okay. I got a boogie. Yep, swing dancing, I guess, in this case. It's a lot of emotional repression and casseroles, if I recall. So it's really your inner demons yeah. and casseroles. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you smother it with casserole. Because I got to so, say, the worst uh, the worst that I have to look forward to as a Jew is maybe a Dybbuk, like, uh, haunting me a little bit. Hey, but, no yeah. more Dybbuk talk around here. <laughs> Sorry. Stuart has to sleep tonight. <laughs> I don't want to get spooked out of my gourd. Never get to bed if I'm thinking about Dybbuk's. <laughs> Floating around, unable to interact with the physical world. <laughs> it's horrible. Anyway, Dan, final judgments? Uh, is yes. it, what are the categories? Is it on? scarily awful? No, no, no. Is no. it spookily funny? <laughs> no. Or is it... Frighteningly ha- kind of good? <laughs> hauntingly okay. So. <laughs> is it ghostly satisfactory? <laughs> Or is it horrifically four out of ten? Was this movie totally scarifying? Okay. Um, frighteningly funny, or totally snorifying? Wait, which is the good one? <laughs> totally scarifying is the good one. Oh, I think the... that one. Though. No, no, I'm just really? Kidding. I'm fucking with you guys. This is a snorifying movie. Yeah, it's, I think we can all agree it's snorifying. Yeah, let's just make a pact. This is snorifying, and the last one of us who dies will get the movie. Yeah, it's snorifying. I'll say... I'll and say, the $30. <laughs> I'll say this for the movie. Uh, it had a pretty lady. It had some contortionists. It had a 83-minute runtime. <laughs> Otherwise... <laughs> a recipe for, <laughs> recipe for something. So, Flophouse fans, if you're looking to uh, if you have- waste 83 minutes of your life that you're never getting back... <laughs> And occasionally, but only eighty-three minutes. Occasionally, during that movie, you'll see that eighty-three minutes. You'll see a cute lady, uh-huh. because which is not something you see in movies often. If you just want to look at stuff on your phone for eighty-three minutes and have a movie playing in the background, <laughs> I mean, it'll do, I guess. Then walk, don't run, to pay fifteen dollars or thirty for the Devil Inside. Yeah, you want it in two formats. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is a keeper. So Dan, are you? How quick is it? How long is it gonna be for you to delete this from your computer? Uh, the the. I mean, I paid for that devil inside. That so is forever. Yeah, he's gonna so you're gonna forever. hold on to it, even though you're never gonna. He's watch gonna buy it. a separate hard drive. Look, that's like that gold. On. That's like gold. It'll only appreciate in value. Nope. The devil inside has never been worth zero. It ha- Which is, is the complete worth- opposite of our reviews. Oh, Which were, it was bad. Oh, I see. Uh, before we move on. To our letters, I just want to take care of a little business. 
uh, called biz. Keep the lights to keep the lights on to keep this podcast running to keep the home fires burning. Mm-hmm. I want to kick the tires, light the fire. Plug a th- plug a few things on behalf <laughs> of our uh, benevolent overlords over there at All Things Comedy uh, and pals. Yeah, yeah friends. Pals. I think more business Palsies. associates. Yeah, and friends. we're like we're like a team. Yeah. Like a, a, team of, team. a team of podcasters just looking to lose it in Tijuana before college. <laughs> um, for lovers not after of uh, oh god no, for lovers of stand up comedy, you might enjoy the uh, these iTunes comedy album releases from our All Things Comedy pals. And for lovers of meat, you like might like Meat Lovers Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, you got your Ari Shafir with uh, the album Revenge for the Holocaust. Very very edgy. And Tom Segura. Uh, the album is Girls with Cornrows. Also look, edgy. Look for those available on iTunes and uh, getting good reviews over there. Yeah, check out some of uh, our our <laughs> sister podcasts under the All Things Comedy banner. Flop Uh You got your Bill Burr's Monday Morning podcast. When's that on? Uh, I assume Monday morning. I guess it's a podcast. It's name. on the internet, dude. It's, yeah, it's a podcast. It's on all the time. <sighs> You also got your uh, Harland Highway, hosted by Mr. Harland Williams. I saw him perform at the Montreal Comedy Festival about 11 years ago, mm-hmm. 10, 11 years ago, and he was and very funny and today. then disgusting and then <laughs> funny. He told the most audience displeasing joke I think I've ever seen and then won the audience back. I was amazed. <laughs> I was pretty amazing. amazed. I'm not going to tell the joke because it was horrible, but... <laughs> It was just offensive in every way, but then you he, were making me love this man. But then he won us back, and I didn't think it could be done. Did and this was late at night. We wanted to go home. We were tired, <laughs> and yet he kept going, and he won us back. All right. Even my mom thought it was funny. So those are just two of the great podcasts you can find over at allthingscomedy.com. But uh, now we turn to our letters segment, the Flophouse mm-hmm. Movie Mailbag. Yep, the Movie Mailbag. We call it. Uh, this is where we get letter. to hear from you, the flop fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the form of letters in a movie mailbag, we call it. <laughs> Sometimes Elliot's brother just sends in a letter. Talking about sports or shit. This first... Sometimes I sing a song, but I won't this time. Because of the one iTunes review that said it stopped listening because of the, quote, songs about letters. <laughs> <laughs> if that was the one reason, then... Well, also I'm tired. <laughs> okay. Uh, this letter is from Seth, last name withheld. Rogan. It's titled... Stop stealing my voice, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> it's titled, Stuart is a gang member. Oh, weird. Uh-oh. Oh, a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like one for the Flophouse Mystery Club. <laughs> to the mystery van. Uh, this is, uh, it says, Stuart's Floppers. It was with horror that I recently read of the report generated by the FBI's Organized Crime Task Force. Declaring Juggalos a gang. Oh, Knowing that Stuart identifies as ethnically Juggalo, (laughs) how has this affected his life? Does he fear for his life when out patrolling his turf? Is he engaging in illegal banana smuggling? Perhaps his disguise might be... uh, Perhaps his disguise as a German brewmeister is is enough, but I'm worried that Stuart may be in for a long, tough road. Next thing you know, he'll be on a Juggalo reservation. And history books... (laughs) We'll discuss the dark time known as the Trail of Beers. Your pal Seth, last name with hell. The Trail of Clowns. Yeah, I mean, it's tough on the Juggalo Reservation. They're, they drink Fago, I believe. <laughs> yes. If I recall. There's a lot of Fago addicts. Fire soda, they call it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, unlike other reservations, there's a lot of methamphetamines. Yeah, it's what's hardest for the Juggalos is that now as a gang, they're on the FBI's no meth list, along with everyone else in America, <laughs> <laughs> in not being allowed to use meth. Yeah. Oddly enough, the Juggalos are on the FBI's least wanted list. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, these are your people, Stuart. I apologize. It's okay. I've kind of divorced myself culturally from them, although, once again, ethnically, yeah. Was Shaggy too dope, just too dope for you? Exactly, yeah. And too uh, shaggy? <laughs> that's the thing. And what was the, like what's the other guy's name? Dope. Killer Cr- Clown Crazy or something? <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I think it's Violent J. Violent J, that's what it is. The J stands for, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, let's go on. <laughs> this next letter is called uh, Daily Showstoppers. Hmm. Uh, this is an older letter. I think this is about me again, guys. <laughs> this is an older letter, which will become clear uh, once I started to read. Start to read it. Uh, so, I, who do you guys think will win in the 2008 election? I mean, it hasn't happened yet. Well, I mean, the, in the letter it says it. All right, 2008. 2008 Wait. election. Forget it, guys. It was a joke. Uh, it this, was, as Stuart might say, why the, a yeah. bit. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it's why. That's why they pay you the big money over there. Mm-hmm. He says, I wanted to congratulate Dan on his recent appearance on The Daily Show as a Republican undermining the very foundation of democracy by promoting voter fraud. By the way, looking good, Dan, and I'm not just saying that to ensure my letter gets read on the podcast. Yes, you are. Uh, still not. I still think Dan wrote that part. This appearance gave him even more lines than in his, his appearance as the singing, dancing Santa Claus. <laughs> as the most inexplicable <laughs> joke in Daily Show history. In a wrestling leotard. Uh, but he goes on to say, That's now what that, that's called. Mm-hmm. Now that Dan and Hollywood Kalen have had multiple on-air appearances, they both seem destined to become the latest in a long line of Daily Show staffers that have appeared in bad movies, or flops, if you will. John Stewart himself voiced a character in Dougal. John Oliver played Dick Pants in The Love Guru. Asif Manpi was in The Last Airbender. White Snack was the lead in Beverly Hills Cop Legacy. <laughs> And of course, <laughs> I wish that was true. And of course, Al Madrigal starred in the hit film Lies and Illusions. Yep. What kind of bad movie would you like to star in? And were it to become a flop, would you potentially review it on the podcast? Of course, Stewart is included in the question, even though the nudity based reality series he's going to star in <laughs> and will leverage his awesomeness into a movie cle- career has not yet been created. Yeah, Wormy Shore, it's called. Uh, thanks for all the laughs and catch you on the flop side. Stefan, last name withheld. Thanks, Stefan. Well, I know what movie I would want to be in. Theodore Rex 2, Baby Rex. Okay. It's a prequel about when Theodore Rex was just a hatchling, and I play his stern babysitter, who else was to team up with him to stop a crime. So I'm, you're not actually Theodore Rex. What's that going to be, animatronic? Or? Yeah, like in the movie Theodore Rex. Oh, okay. It's a guy in an animatronic suit. Even as a hatchling? So is it going to be like a kid or a midget? It's going to be a full-grown man, and then they're going to use <laughs> Hobbit technology to shrink him. Oh, okay. He's not just going to be on his knees the whole time. <laughs> no. It's not Tim. Well, no, it will be because Tim Conway as Dwarf, as Theodore Rex. It's a and it's an interesting concept that Tim Conway is not playing Theodore Rex. Dwarf is playing Theodore Rex, and Tim Conway is playing Dwarf. It's a Matroshka role. I would like to play the wisecracking cop in a '90s Cinemax style film about a series of stripper killings. <laughs> okay, actually, you know what? I'd rather be in a in a aughts. Cinemax series where uh, it's one of those ones where it's a repackaged movie with scenes from 90s Cinemax shows. So it's a lot of people just sitting around going, I knew this couple once and they told me the craziest story. And then it just cuts to a sex scene. I wanted to do (laughs) it. And then when it cuts back, the other people go, Wow, that story was hot. (laughs) 
But like you say that I wanted I I have for a long time wanted to do a stand up bit about that very same thing. Like what is going on there? Like, what story are they telling? <laughs> were they were they there watching that? <laughs> no, they always say they told me about. Or they usually say. <laughs> and, and like what are they describing when they're like <laughs> Yeah, that's well, what the I two wonder. of them had sex. Okay, first <laughs> oh, that he was, was a on hot story. He was on top, but then she was he was behind her, and then she was on top. And <laughs> For then... a brief time, they were doing reverse cowgirl, but all throughout it, one of them had their hands in front of their genitals, <laughs> so you couldn't actually see anything. It feels like it was curiously edited down for some reason. <laughs> and where the penis seems like it should be going into the vagina, it seemed like it was actually going into more of like, I don't know, the belly button region? And there was an irritating rock and roll song that I've never heard anywhere else and never will hear anywhere again. <laughs> that is a hot story. <laughs> Why are we talking about sex stories again? I don't remember. Well, time to have sex, I guess. Credits. So, Stuart, what movie would you be in? Well, I would either want to be the guy who's killing all these strippers and dance movies. <laughs> the house cat killings. Or I would want to be the evil land developer in the Bikini Car Wash uh, sequel. I want to be the guy who has a model made of the Bikini Car Wash. And there's just shots of me smashing it with my hand, with my eyes full of fury. You do realize that you will have to be pushed in a pool eventually. That's fine. Okay. I'm totally comfortable with that. (laughs) I'll do my own stunts, I think. And at the end when they've defeated you, you can go like the stunt where they smash their boobs against your head. And you (laughs) go, bikinis! I howl at an unforgiving God. You rage impotently. (laughs) Yep. All these things. Um, This... Next, it's called the Bikini Games Workshops (laughs) Company. (laughs) This next letter is from a gentleman by the name of uh, Elliot's brother David, last name withheld. Oh, Oh, God. Last name is Kalen. And it's titled The Truth About Elliot and the Paper Mill Playhouse. (sighs) Dear my favorite floppers and also my brother. Hey. Initially, I was going to write in regarding pseudo rapper Chet Hayes. As a member of the Northwestern community, I've been well aware of the excitement and subtle condescending mockery surrounding Hayes among NU alumni, and was about to lend my personal opinion as resident irritator of the show. Yep. What's more, I was going to avoid mentioning anything about sports, even though with Northwestern football ranked for the first time in the AP poll, uh, ranked for the first time in the AP poll in four years, and one win away from its first six zero start since nineteen sixty two. All I hear is it's I like totally a, could have. It's like a parent on the Peanuts TV show. <laughs> by the way, <clears throat> by the way, uh, I saw Dave uh, recently at your, uh, at your sketch show, your right? Sketch show, and Dave was very dismayed mm-hmm. by the thought that his letter would be read at a time where the football stats would be out of date. <laughs> But anyway, well, he is my brother. I can understand that. That's it I would feel like bad a about fool that. To all the guys around the water cooler, <laughs> to all the Northwestern football fans listening to the flop house. Uh, but Dave continues. I got sidetracked though by the fact that during your a little bit of heaven episode, despite constantly expressing frustration whenever I write in, I was mentioned not once, not twice, but three whole times Thrice. in a span of roughly twenty minutes. How is it that my letters are so distinct? So non-specific. So he's like Candyman. If we mention him three times, he writes in. <laughs> That's we got to remember that, fellas. Let's stop at two mentions. <laughs> How is it my letters are so distinct, and yet you can't help but talk about me all the time? Is it possible that three Emmys aren't enough to convince Elliot that he is no longer standing in my considerably larger shadow? Note, the shadow is mostly larger because I'm three inches taller than he is. <laughs> That's true. 
In addition, I really can't approve of Elliot obscuring the truth about his past when discussing his date to see Newsies at the Paper Mill Playhouse. Just why is it that Elliot mentioned Anne Hathaway's history of performing there, but not his own? Is he ashamed of his performance as the mayor of Munchkin Land <laughs> in the 1991 children's production of Christmas in the Land of Oz? What is he hiding? What do Elliot and the Flopstream media not want us to know? Perhaps you can get to the bottom of this instead of distracting the audience with baseless attacks on your self-appointed ombudsman. <laughs> Sincerely, Elliot's brother. Uh, P.S. There's no reason for me to write in regarding orangutans but because there are almost no sports team named for primates. England's Hartlepool FC is known as the Monkey Hangers, and Pittsburgh State in Kansas is nicknamed the Gorillas. What about MVP, Most Valuable Primate? <laughs> aside from that, the basketball dunking gorilla mascot for the Phoenix Suns is really as close to sports as orangutans get. There was no reason for him to mention that. I think so. I will... The mayor of Munchkinverse or something? Yeah, the, <laughs> the mayor of the Munchkinverse. You were the top Munchkin. I I remember it now. The reason I didn't mention it before is because I had forgotten it, and I am ashamed of my performance. That when I was I was a kid and my brother and I were both in a paper mill kids like acting program and I had what I don't have now which is chops. well acting yeah chops. I had chops back then back then I had very horrible stage fright and nervousness and I did not enjoy doing it it was one of those things where I wanted the joy of performing but I did not have the confidence and that I now have where I can get on a stage and it's like whatever I don't care I'll perform it's a stage. Uh, but back then I was very nervous. No big deal. And they slowly chipped away at, at my lines of dialogue throughout rehearsals as I was more and more nervous about performing them. Uh, I also remember that the woman running the program, we had a final rehearsal the night before the show where the entire audience would be our families. There was no one. It's not like the local press was sending a, a, yeah. a reviewer. Uh, no one was buying tickets. And I remember we had a rehearsal, and then the woman who ran the program took us out of the room and said, that was the worst performance I've ever seen. And like browbeat us for a while about how bad we wow. were, how ashamed we were going to be in front of our parents. And I think that combined with my stage fright led me to never do it again. But my brother did do it again and played the part of – it was either a dog or a parrot in a play based on James Thurber's The Twelve Clocks. Mm. Or 13 Clocks. So it had a happy ending. Uh, kind of, I get for David. but That's a great story. But we never performed on the main stage of the Paper Note Playhouse. I imagine all of you kids, by the way, like staying up all night to get the first notices the next morning. <laughs> yeah, at Sardis Jr. <laughs> oh, the weekly reader is finally out. They panned us. The penny saver. Half so- off bananas. <laughs> How we'll, dare they. we'll never shop in this town again. Uh, I've saved the most heartwarming of the letters for last. You mean more heartwarming than my brother's ramblings about primates in this in major league sports? <laughs> more heartwarming than that. <laughs> this one is from Maggie, last name withheld. The cat. Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's titled First Flophouse Baby. Okay, that's not entirely true. But now that I have your attention, I am the Flophouse fan responsible for the Happiest Millionaire episode, which I requested while my husband was stationed in Iraq. We remember it well. Thanks again, by the way. He is home safe and sound, and we are expecting our first child in December. I remarked to a friend yesterday that if the baby weighs seven pounds, it will be a race between my husband and me to be the first to ask, did someone say seven pounds? (laughs) In our best Elliot Kalin voice. Nice. So I guess what I'm saying is, in a very special way, it will be like Elliot, and by extension, the entire Flophouse family, 
is present for the birth of our firstborn. If he's seven pounds. A miraculous December birth. <laughs> Only in that Indeed. Case. Oh, just, and December is when my birthday is. Yeah. Another Elliot Kalen connection. Conspiracy, perhaps? Or maybe you're possessing that baby. <gasps> well, there's only one thing to do. Get two underground priests to totally screw Wait, it up. Did this movie have something to do with people being born at the same time as a demon? No. <laughs> then why did he just say that? I don't know. That's, uh, that is delightful and heartwarming. And congratulations ahead of time on your upcoming bundle of joy. We're happy that, I assume the Flophouse made it possible by adding that extra spice to the relationship mm-hmm. on that a very special night. Spice. <laughs> I assume that our discussion of the three-hour Disney musical <laughs> The Happiest Millionaire is what, uh, you know, led to... It's the boxing alligators, right? Yeah, the one where he boxes alligators, yeah. Some people put on a little Marvin Gaye. Two of them put on The Happiest Millionaire episode. Yep, they put on that song about how great Detroit is. I assume. (laughs) I mean, I think it was a pretty sexy episode. Yeah. Well, Stuart did it entirely naked. Mm -hmm. Always. Dan did it wearing Stuart's clothes on top of his regular clothes. <laughs> so he can get my scent on him <laughs> yeah. before I then tackle him and we wrestle him off. Uh, but that's going to happen. But later. that is... So, congratulations and yeah. Mazel Tov. That's, that's pretty impressive. Stuart, come on. What? Melt that icy heart. Oh, okay, you're right. <laughs> uh, Stuart, so that Stuart was pretty heartwarming. A, Stuart's not a fan of sex that's used for procreation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, He only likes it if it's for pleasure. Hedonistic pleasure. For at least one party. <laughs> so, guys, uh, that was a that was a nice Shocktober letter segment. It was. Are we done with the episode all of a sudden? You're using your end of the episode voice. Well, I just feel sad. Every new segment gets us closer to the end of Shocktober. We can make Shocktober last longer no. if we want. Yeah, no. I mean, it's not like we'll the get... Shocktober magic doesn't transfer to other months. Shocktober ends earlier every year. We have, we, have, we have all these other movies to watch, like Abduction. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Vampire Hunter movie with about the president that I like. Some other Shocktober movies. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually we'll watch Oogie Loves. Oh, yeah. So, guys, what's your favorite memory about Shocktober? Uh, well, wait. What did we watch the time before this? The Raven. Uh, I like that more than this one. Okay, me too. <laughs> um... My favorite uh, memory was the Shocktober miracle of you guys not getting super angry at me when it took an hour and a half to get the film. I thought it was the other way around. You're the one who got angry. You we were, were. We were silently trying no, to eat our like, food. It was I like said, you were possessed by a demon. I didn't accuse a you. A dibbick. I did not accuse you of being angry. I said that it was nice that you didn't get you Well, did how could I? Angry. We were so scared of you and your we were possession. Terrified. As when I, I thought you were done on the phone, and when I walked into the room, I said, Hey, what else is new? And you went, stop it. <laughs> and it was like, okay, I'm just going to sit sorry, down and was, not say anything. I was receiving a long stream of letters and numbers from uh, the person on the phone, like 20 letters and numbers in a row. That is my password. Yeah, my... from Time Warner Cable, the worst cable company there is. <laughs> like, but Dan, I was like, can we make this password shorter? Then <laughs> they're like, no, we cannot. <laughs> it's going to be a completely long stream of random Just for that, it's 10 more numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the thing is, Dan, you have to understand, it's really hard for Elliot and I to silently sit anywhere and not just yabber about bullshit. Yeah, it's what we like no, to that do. That was the miracle, guys, and I appreciate yeah, it. The October miracle. miracle. So, anywho. Anywho. This is the part of the podcast where we talk about movies that we saw that we actually enjoyed. Hmm. Recommendations, we call them. Hmm. Okay. That's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what that word means. Yep. Uh, because we are recommending something. Anyone raring to go? 
Well, you guys know that I'm totally into stuff from Japan, right? Uh, I, I, am, I guess. I am the ultimate otaku. <laughs> <laughs> uh, otaku bot, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm back from Otakon wearing my Pikachu-style spirit hood. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, I would like to recommend a little movie called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. <laughs> a documentary about an expensive sushi restaurant in a subway. <laughs> Um, if you're way into food porn like Dan, uh, <laughs> if you okay. take the word food out, uh, no, but Dan's always posting pictures of food on the Facebook. It, it That's true. Like, like all the time. Once like constantly. Every two so if you like seeing pictures of delicious food you can't eat, uh-huh. watch Jiro Dreams of Sushi. If you like seeing an old Japanese guy who kind of looks like a turtle look disapprovingly at people eating sushi, watch Jiro Dreams of Sushi. <laughs> Uh, if you want to see a telling commentary on the state of the Japanese tuna fishing industry, see Jiro Dreams of Sushi. <laughs> what if I want to see some outer space battles? <laughs> then see Locked Out. Okay. Yes, yeah, see, see Space Jam. <laughs> uh, so, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Elliot. Uh, is it my turn now already? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I haven't seen anything lately that I really loved. I just finished watching earlier... <laughs> A movie called Terror in a Texas Town, which was a uh, western with Sterling Hayden. The Terror of Tiny Town? No, Terror in a Texas Town. That started out very good, but it eventually settles into kind of a very formulaic story. So it's not bad. It's an 80-minute western, so it doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, So if you like westerns, I'd recommend that, Terror in a Texas Town. But for Shocktober scariness, I think I'll recommend a, uh, a lesser John Carpenter film that I saw recently for the first time. After putting it off for a long time, one Prince of Darkness, yeah. which is not a not one of his top tier movies, but still very entertaining and in a weird way, kind of scarier because the characters seem so flat and weird, and you don't form an emotional connection with them. So it's almost it's like phantasmagoric, kind of, but almost like <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it that's makes a it seem movie where like a lot of stuff doesn't make sense, but that works to its advantage. It's a movie that has a lot of crazy ideas running around in it that are fun and. The mo- and the characters always seem a little bit removed from you, so it, it adds to the weirdness of it. Yeah. Uh, and it's also a movie that really extends the opening credits. The opening credits are interspersed with the first scenes of the movie. So John Carpenter's director's credit comes 10 minutes into the film, <laughs> and it starts right away with the credits. It's not like there's a credit sequence later on, uh, but there's some good scares and mm-hmm. some gore effects. If you and, want to see uh, Alice Cooper kill a guy with a bicycle, then this is your best chance. <laughs> you know, actually, the Alice Cooper stuff was kind of lame, <laughs> but, but all the other stuff was neat, and there's some neat... Uh, Mirror effects and uh, mirrors. There's a <laughs> and there's a uh, Wait, what? A, actually a great use of uh, great use of VHS video stock within a film. So there's some neat uh, some neat f- visual and technical things going on in it. So it's not a not an amazing movie, but I liked it and it's spooky. Prince of Darkness. Uh, I Rated watched- R <laughs> <laughs> is playing at your house if you watch it. <laughs> I watched a movie that uh, recently, like uh, the the movie that I saw recently that I enjoyed is one that needs no introduction nor endorsement. Aerobicide, which was <laughs> which was Jaws. I uh, my lovely wife for now my wedding Jaws is that the movie about the critters from outer space. No, that's is it the critters? Is it the movie about the gremlins? That's called gremlins. What is, is it? The movie about the munchies? That's called munchies. Is what it about, the, about that James Bond guy fighting that guy with the metal teeth? Well, that, <laughs> the metal teeth one. 
Uh, that's we do. There's a couple of ones. Well, Moonraker is the main Moonraker, one. Moonraker, no, but it was he appeared. That's first the one with the pigeon doing me, the double take. Is it the movie about the Night of the Creeps? That's the Night of the Creeps. <laughs> is it the movie where the Living Dead return? That's Return of the Living Dead. But anyway, what, is that the one where the Jedi return? No. Uh, the movie Jaws. Is it the one where the is... adventure begins with Remo Williams? <laughs> uh, my wife gave me the Blu-ray of Jaws, and uh, we re- we rewatched it, and it should surprise no one that it holds up beautifully, and it's a beautiful Blu-ray. But we also watched uh, the the new documentary that's included with it, uh, titled "The Shark Is Still Working," and I learned a lot of interesting things about Jaws, like uh, how much of the script was improvised. Uh, how many of the uh, bit parts in the movie? Pretty much everyone who was not a major actor was just someone from uh, from Martha's Vineyard. That uh, Spielberg was like, you know, like early Spielberg was a lot m- more experimental. I feel like in his filmmaking, he techniques. was a lot more seventies. Yeah, and it's just like yeah, a lot I'm more new Hollywood. Invade Martha's Vineyard and give everyone a part in this movie, and that's part of why Jaws has such a lived-in feeling. Like it feels like something that's actually pl- taking place in this uh, vacation community. And uh, there's a lot of interesting uh, facts in that documentary. There's also a lot of just like. Uh, people like standing around talking about Jaws. Like I didn't really need to know that Kevin Smith and uh, M Night Shyamalan like Jaws. Like whatever. Wait, I know they it's like a good Jaws. Movie. I know it's a good movie without them saying it's a good movie. But... Is Jaws the religion where they don't eat pork and they have the Torah? Yes. You, I think, are thinking of Islam. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. So with Kevin Smith, was he wearing a hockey jersey in his interview? He was. <laughs> He only wears a hockey jersey or a bathrobe. <laughs> the only two things he wears. He was wearing his dress hockey jersey, I think. <laughs> I gotta say, the, the way Kevin wears Smith. The Oscars. The when way... he won Best Director for Clerks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he it won Best Picture a... for Zach and Miri Make a Porno. <laughs> it may have been a dream you had. <laughs> what a beautiful dream. Um, so, so, Jaws. Yeah. So this is like when they did that festival of underrated films and Steven Spielberg selected Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> no, but seriously, you can recommend a, a classic movie. It doesn't have to be an un, an unseen movie. You can recommend Lawrence of Arabia, Look, too. If you if haven't you watched Jaws in a while, it's it's great. Watch it a lot. That's what I say. Every day. <laughs> Take two Jaws and call me in the morning. <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, I guess this is it, guys. Shocktober's over. Oh, that's so sad. Don't say it. I don't want to live it. I can't believe it. Okay, I'm over. Maybe it. we'll have to do a mid-month Shocktober sometime. And it makes it all the sweeter. Shocktober revival again. And hey, we don't just have to watch horror movies in Shocktober. Wait, what? We we can sprinkle them throughout the year. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying we didn't have to watch horror movies during Shocktober. <laughs> no, we no. have to watch horror like, movies during Shocktober. What the fuck are we Shocktober? gonna watch? Uh, but for now, let's put that uh, put, plastic, put a fork in it. Put that plastic pumpkin in our uh, pumpkin chest. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, we'll take the candy out and back and put it away again. Put out next year. Wrap up the wrap up that candy corn. We'll put in these our orange crepe paper. We'll put these skinned grapes back into the eyes of that witch, <laughs> back into the skull of the witch that we took them out of. I'll take all those razor blades out of the apples I was setting out. <laughs> probably should. And I guess I will take the spooky Halloween sounds and put them back on my regular walking around playlist for my iPod. <laughs> And uh, say uh, goodnight to all of you dreamers out there. For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. And when you listen to this, I will still be Elliot Kalin and always shall be from beginning to end forever. Good night, everyone.
Oogans. <laughs> You've, been, you've been full of tech problems today, Dan. Tech problems. Uh, I think it's because tech I, problems. Future detective. <laughs> I think it's because I'm <laughs> I'm planning to show Gremlins two uh, this Saturday, and so there's some Gremlins ah in the in, system. In the system. Oh man, that's good that's stuff. right. Flophouse fans, all Flophouse listeners are invited to Dan's house uh, for Gremlins two. Gremlins two, the stew batch. <laughs> <laughs>